start masks. Gather round your TV set, put on your masks, and watch. All witches, all skeletons, all jack-o'-lanterns. The third commercial, it's still on, please. Take off the third channel, the third channel, it's still running. Stop it, please, for God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to, please, stop it, stop it now. Turn it off, turn it off. Stop it, stop Saturday morning, I got up at three in the morning uh-huh. to watch the Rugby World Cup. Oh yeah, and did you actually do it? I did, and uh, I got to watch New Zealand just beat the brakes off Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a one of the other podcast episodes you were talking about how there's no way Ireland was going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I was being hopeful. <laughs> actually, as soon as um Japan beat Scotland and Ireland was going to play New Zealand, I was like, like oh, oh man. <laughs> Yeah, by the um the half, I was just like, well, I guess I'm just watching it to enjoy how good the All Blacks are. Because <laughs> I wasn't like super bummed out. It's not like I'm from Ireland, you know, chilling in a pub with like everyone and being like, oh man, my national pride. I was just like, United <laughs> States... eleven o'clock in the morning in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the United States sucks at rugby, so I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna support Ireland. You know, they lost, and I was like, well, I'll just enjoy rugby. <laughs> In keeping with uh, the tradition of me doing more research about the movie after we watch it and record an episode, uh, Creepshow, there is a Creepshow comic book, and it is just a straight retelling of the, the movie. I guess but that's it, not too bad. The art's really good. I read it. It's it's, uh, it's cool. I'd uh, check it out. I'll check like it out. I'll check it out. This is a good movie. Yeah, uh, another big thing. Another Italian-American director came out of the woodwork to support Martin Scorsese in his stance. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola. In fact, he took one step further and said they were despicable. Ugh. Comic book movies are despicable. Um, I don't know if he should be proud of every single one of his filmography either. But Well, that's the thing. is He's not as consistent or as um, good, productive as Martin Scorsese. But it's when, when Coppola is on, he's great. He's just made a few bad choices. So, uh, yeah, you can't like... I mean, he is Francis Ford Coppola, but it's also like you're not Scorsese exactly. That I'm said, wait, I'm waiting um, for the George Lucas take on, on Marvel movies. Oh my god! Well, he's kind of him and Spielberg are the reason Marvel movies exist, right, in right. my opinion, because they kind of they created blockbuster cinema, Star Wars and Jaws, you know. So their takes will probably be different, especially because they're like buddies with J.J. Abrams and you know those kind of people. That I are, mean, J.J. Abrams just really wants to be Spielberg. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's not fair. I've never met J.J. Abrams, but I've seen Super 8. 
Yeah, I have. I mean, Coppola saying that I feel like isn't gonna be. It's not gonna be as hard hitting as Scorsese. Um, <laughs> well, because people respect Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of people uh, actually kind of don't know who Coppola is. Really? Yeah, like if you're outside of like watching movies a lot and stuff, he hasn't been relevant in 25 years. Yeah, I mean, you I know? guess that's true. Uh, people are aware of the Godfather series and Apocalypse Now and stuff, but they might not necessarily know that Coppola is the guy that did those, you know? My thing, though, is um, there's a lot of people that made this argument with Scorsese and they're doing it now with Coppola where it's like, all your movies are just gangster, violent trash. And it's like, well, no, there's a lot more nuance to their gangster movies and that's not all they made. Yeah, I know. And Francis Ford Coppola made Dracula. <laughs> in addition to that, it's not a very good argument in favor of the comic book movies because they you're solve not, all you're, their problems. You're literally not arguing against them. You're just they solve all their problems with violence too, don't they? <laughs> and in fact, the Marvel movies. Now, then they solve one of their problems by time travel. Yeah, Marvel movies have um, recently become military propaganda. <laughs> I don't know. That seems a little far. They're not like rah rah U.S. government army all the time. But I, I mean, they, they are in. Um, it's not Marvel, like fucking right? Top Gun. That's true. Top, that was the first movie that the U.S. military like actively helped produce because they wanted to get people back yeah, from the yeah, Air Force. Yeah, after the Vietnam War, Because yeah, right? everyone was like, well, we don't like military now. And it worked, I guess, because now people are like... I love Tom Cruise. Support our troops at all costs, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I just don't think that's a very good argument to make because... Our, so, the Marvel movies have their imperial vigilante police are also people of color and women so that makes it better good goodfellas is critical of the gangster lifestyle <laughs> you know what i mean it's like not a good argument at all because things you're bringing up are rampant in comic book movies too it's just they just have like neoliberal like set dressing on it you know so whatever movies are always going to be violent violence is cool in movies i don't give a fuck it's not always cool sometimes it's just boring and I guess my problem, too, my own personal problem is, like, I don't really have a problem with criminals or gangsters and stuff, and, like, crime is beautiful, and <laughs> I'll watch people that operate outside the mainstream. I feel like, a, stuff, I don't know, so. it just seems like it's such a silly argument. Like, the, the Marvel movies are better because their moral compass is better? Like, but, like, know, whatever, what, fuck yeah. that. I was thinking, like, um, let's talk about Season of the Witch. <laughs> Season of the Witch, the night no one comes home. 
Season of the Witch, 1982. See, I didn't even mean Season of the Bitch. Oh, oh man. Cancel. Yeah. You're canceled, buddy. <laughs> I need a new co-host for the podcast. Co-host, watch. Um, season of the Witch, 1982. Um, it's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, but they uh, in recent years, they've kind of just... Said Halloween Season of the Witch? Just Season of the Witch. Oh, they dropped the yeah. Halloween completely? Yeah. Because it's like, well, you know, just act like it's a different movie. We'll, we'll just pretend that we weren't trying to make a Halloween anthology series, and they're all about Michael Myers. Yeah, because whatever, people want the same shit over and over again. You know, I will say, like, in, in favor of uh, the audience, the um, from going from Halloween and 1 and 2 to, like, this season of The Witch, mm. it is, like, a weirder story. You know what I mean? It's more nebulous well he's not as grounded as here's, Myers. yeah the thing about season of the witch is um our mastermind his plan doesn't make much sense no that's one of my notes <laughs> <here>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i refer, i refer to this film as season of my wife my wife my wife you like a eel ellie because i oh well no i just like witches but oh, also yeah. she's great too yeah she's not a witch though she's like a a Verndroid. I don't know. I support whatever that Irishman's plan was. <laughs> he's going to do magic on everybody or something. I don't know. It was cool. He was talking about Samhain in it. Yeah. I would, like, my thing, like, there's a lot of good stuff here, but I would cut out the weird um, Halloween mask electronic turn people's heads into Yeah, it should bugs. just be like a worldwide ritual or something. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was just thinking, like, people were, like, a cult was snatching kids and they're going to kill them on Halloween. You know what I mean? Yeah, something simpler. Because also his plan is, like... All right, kids, 9 o'clock, we're going to be doing a giveaway. Make sure to keep your masks on. So it's contingent upon all kids being home at 9, uh-huh. still wearing their masks, and bothering to tune in to this. Yeah, here's my uh, my note on this. This evil plan relies a lot on precise timing and the whims of children. Mm-hmm. Well, because I was thinking about us when we were young. <laughs> There's no way hell, hell, I'm home at 9 o'clock. Well, yeah, first of all, probably not home at 9 o'clock. And definitely not still going to be wearing sweaty-ass rubber mask in the house mm-hmm. to, like, watch TV. No matter how cool the mask was. <laughs> and then, fucking, I'm not going to watch some... Even as, like, a 10-year... Like, 5 to 10-year-old, I'm not going to watch some fucking commercial, essentially, when I could be watching, like... The Godzilla Marathon Yeah, or some or so, something I was actually interested in. So we would have been perfectly safe. And mo- I feel like most kids would have been. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. There's so many requirements to get to the point for this plan to work. He's just like, I don't understand, kids. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, season of the wife of my wife. Kids all over America want silver shamrock masks for Halloween. Dr. Daniel Chalice. Chad Chalice. Dr. Cialis. <laughs> uh, I tried Cialis. <laughs> now my erections are... Ten times more powerful. He's, he seeks to, over, uh, to uncover a plot by Silver Shamrock owner, Connell Cochran. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I'm surprised his name wasn't Irish McIrish. <laughs> yeah. I like when they go to the little town and it's like, yeah, predominantly Irish. And see, here's Rafferty's gas station. <laughs> the Dublin Inn. I don't know if you want me to go through my bullet points. The later. Rose of Shannon. Save them, but I got another one about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we go over your bullet points right. first. Get through that real quick. <laughs> we do? All right. Uh, the first one, Thrill Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom Atkins stars, so he's back. <laughs> uh, the title sequence goes on too long. But uh, everybody prepare yourself because I got a little Irish accents prepared for this. Okay. Uh, I also feel uh, racially attacked by this uh, setting. <laughs> Irish is not race. Ethnicity. <laughs> Cochran's just the best. You know what I mean? He <laughs> played 18 holes of golf, 17 shots. 
He's like Glorious Leader. <laughs> right. Uh, too drunk to keep his head on straight. <laughs> that was my pun for when the, the guy got the drunk guy gets his head mm-hmm. popped off. Hello, doctor. Let's do awkward sex. <laughs> uh, now it's time for the exposition tour. Uh, we have Dr. Mustache and the clockwork golems. Uh, this evil plan relies on a lot of precise timing and the whims of children. And uh, Ellie Droid. Ellie Droid. She got some ass. <laughs> S, 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 S. Uh, that was her uh, stunt double. Oh, man. Her stunt double's got some ass. Yeah, she was. So they built a little platform. So the stunt was laying down with her head stuck into yeah. the platform. And then obviously the actress, um, she just has her head poking out of another part. Which is, I mean, that's a good practical effect. It looks good. And it's <laughs> yeah. easy to do. After Michael Myers died at the end of Halloween 2, the plan by John Carpenter was to make a new Halloween movie each year, each telling a different Halloween-related story. The fact of the matter is he actually didn't want to make Halloween 2 either and didn't want to have Michael Myers in it, but it was a lot of studio pressure, and so they went He's ahead and did it. He's got to get that heesh. He wanted to his career to keep going. Well, yeah, he went from there to just go make everything he ever wanted to, right. so I guess it worked out. Obviously, because of... Uh, how shitty this movie did. Like, it straight up came out for like a week and got pulled out of the theaters. <laughs> I mean, it's not. So like, I got a lot of complaints about this movie, I'll be honest. Um, I actually think it's a good movie. It just, uh, I think a lot of the reason it flops so badly is probably poor marketing and then just the kind of uh, film illiteracy that probably existed around the time. where Because people immediately assumed because it was Halloween 3, then it's just going to be Michael Myers and blah, blah, blah. But... You had to have seen a trailer right. and known it wasn't... Yeah, they're probably surprised or shocked. They're like, well, when's this Michael Myers going to show up? Yeah. But I guess that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's kind of got its own resurgence now where people appreciate it for its own film. Um, it is... Uh, my only complaint really is just like, Cochrane's evil plan doesn't make much sense. I don't really know what it's supposed to do. And then, But if you just ignore any of the plot details, <laughs> it's like a really good... John Carpenter-esque movie, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's lots of cool practical effects. It's shot really well. Um, the yeah, music's really shot. good. It's got like this... Um, but I mean like story and plot-wise is just not... Yeah, it's got like this slow meditative pace, which is kind of what Carpenter is going to be known for after Halloween. Like Escape from New York and not so much Big Trouble in Little China, but The Thing and stuff, you know? So it is very Carpenter-esque movie. It's just not like Halloween at all. But Halloween's such a simple story. Like, oh, it's Halloween. He's coming to kill. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, this story is... If, if it's Ron pretty convoluted. Into, it's way convoluted and complex. Um, and too much... Just too much going on. You could have made it way simpler. Production of this film, it's basically a returning cast of John Carpenter players. Yeah. So, it's directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. This is a guy who stood in as Mike Myers in the first Halloween. Oh, man, he's got to be a giant. Yeah, he's pretty big. He did voiceover work in The Fog. He's editor and production designer for Halloween in The Fog. Second unit director for Big Trouble in Little China. Sound effects and soundtrack for Assault on Precinct 13. Jesus. He's basically Carpenter's like buddy that helps him make movies, you know? And that's the same thing. This film is produced by Deborah Hill. She also basically brought in the entire crew from Halloween 2. And like, hey, let's just make another one. Deborah Hill is famous for being the co-writer of Halloween, The Fog, and Halloween 2 with Carpenter. She's uh, produced most of Carpenter's films, and then, yeah, brought in the crew and a lot of casts from other Carpenter movies. In 1996, she returned to the writing world for film with our good friend John Carpenter and Kurt Russell making Escape, Escape from, from L.A. LA. Ugh. Yeah. 
She's also directed some TV and stuff, too. I've never been more disappointed in three people <laughs> than I am right now. Like I said, it's got pretty much the same returning crew for at least Halloween, too. A lot of people that were also working on Halloween. It is just John Carpenter's friends that he trusts that are making it. Because John Carpenter is similar to um, John Waters and maybe the Coen brothers, too, where they basically work with the same people over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sole writing credit goes to uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, but that's actually kind of inaccurate. The original script was written by a man named Nigel, who I don't know, he wrote like TV, like sci fi TV stuff. Nigel Russian Halloween 3, where's my credit? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he actually wanted his name taken off of this. Oh, I was garbage. You know, I hated it. I, I only did it for the money. Strip it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the, the original script was then like punched up by John Carpenter himself. Because <laughs> um, I don't like these punches. Yeah, and then uh, Tommy Lee Wallace went over it again after Carpenter, and that's what they shot. Wow. I, so. well, I wonder what the original script is like. I wonder if Cochran's plan makes more any more sense. So they, they let's put a part in where uh, the doctor uh, he uh, sucks on a titty. <laughs> <laughs> well, they put a lot of work into making it thematically tied to Halloween and uh, simplify the story so it would have like like the masks and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So his the original screenplay was probably quite a bit different. Uh, originally though, it was does getting, Nigel at least get like a story by credit or something? No, because he doesn't want any credit. For it at all. <laughs> And then John Carpenter's like, I don't care, you just get it. Uh, originally, um, Carpenter says that they were going to have Joe Dante direct it. He would have been coming hot off of this to Gremlins. <laughs> oh, maybe they wouldn't have made him, let him make Gremlins. Oh my God. He direct this movie. That, that's <laughs> interesting to think about. My, my entire child is different. Uh, another returning player from all Carpenter movies, essentially, is um, Stuntman and Stunt Coordinator. Uh, I'm just bringing him up because he's got the coolest name. His name is Dick Warlock. <laughs> he's the, I remember good old Dick yeah, Warlock. He's the stunt career coordinator for like a lot of Carpenter's movies. Starting with Assault on Precinct 13. Real quick to go over the cast. Uh, we got Tom Atkins. <gasps> he's back. He plays Daniel Cialis. Chalice? Chalice. Chalice. Dr. Cialis. Yeah, Dr. Cialis. Uh, this is like... The fourth time for VHS Colt, he's in a movie. Yeah. We got, he's got a small part in Escape from New York. Um, creep Show. He's in this, Creep Show, and yeah, of course, Night of Creeps. And then, uh, ooh, uh, who's that playing? Connell Cochran. <laughs> oh, damn, it's Dan O'Hurley. And of course, we know him from being uh, the leader of whatever the corporation is in Robocop, the old man. Total Recall, too. No, he's not in Total Recall. But more importantly, he's uh, fucking Greg from The Last Starfighter, remember? Oh, yeah, Greg. <laughs> it's Greg. Oh, hello, child. <laughs> I was reading more about Dan O'Hurley, because he is in like a lot of movies from that era that yeah. I I like. And I was like, oh, he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, he's got a brother named Michael O'Hurley, who uh, directed uh, a couple episodes of basically every TV show from 1960 to 1990. <laughs> like, this dude's directing credits are just like uh, Gunsmoke, Star Trek, 90210. <laughs> yeah, fucking for real. Like, just all over the place. Yeah, directed a couple episodes of every TV show from 60 <laughs> to 90. What a career. And then I was reading, uh, he's got uh, several kids and like uh, like nephews and grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So some of his kids there, you got uh, Gavin O'Hurley, Patricia O'Hurley. Uh, Lorkin O'Hurley and Cormac O'Hurley. He's got a nephew named Connell O'Hurley. I was like, huh, these are like the pre-Gleasons. 
Because, uh, yeah, this is Dan O'Hurley, he and Michael O'Hurley, he are very old men. Yeah. And then they, Dan's children would have been like the age of Brendan Gleeson. And then his grandkids would be like Brendan Gleeson's kids now. So it's before Brendan Gleeson. This is the pre Gleeson's. Because <laughs> Brendan Gleeson's got what? Donald's the most famous. And then Fergus, Rory. And there's another one too. I don't know, there's a bunch of Gleeson's that do stuff too. And then I guess the Skarsgård too. But I was just thinking, oh, they're both Irish. Irish. They're Irish, so <laughs> I'm really using the Gleasons. Almost all the actors who play Cochrane's robot henchmen were found through extras casting. Moreover, Tommy Lee Wallace originally wanted to cast all redheads as Cochrane's friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's really driving the point home. Uh, you see, there are an Irish gang. Many <laughs> little redheaded boys with red hair. Oh. shamrocks on their faces here we go the original writer of the story was Nigel Neal but he sued the producers to take his name off the movie after <laughs> seeing how violent it was oh our heroine who I love I do love her she could be my wife she's got like young Shelley is she your heroine I any I don't like saying like every female character in these shitty a movie eighties movies. Obviously, they are just like the love interest. Well, no, I mean like I mean specifically in this movie, is she the heroine? She's a goddamn robot. She doesn't become a robot until she gets snatched. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, she's played by Stacy Nelkin, but Stacy Nelkin hasn't really been in anything else. That's the other part that doesn't make sense. Like, if she's a robot when he rescues her, why does she help him destroy the? Shamrock, because she wants to be the leader of Silver Shamrock. But she's just a robot that does what she's told. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a shocking twist. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like her a lot though. She's got like young Shelley Duvall vibes, maybe a little bit of Winona Ryder. You know, real wifey type stuff. Big uterus <laughs> energy. Uh, Roger Ebert agreed with me actually. She had big uterus energy? Sort of. He said the one saving grace in Halloween 3 is Stacey Nelkin, who plays the heroine. No, she is the best part. He called her heroine, too? <laughs> How about that? She has one of those rich voices that makes you wish she had more to say and in a better role. But watch <laughs> her, too, in this reaction shot, in the reaction shots. Where she's not talking, she's listening. She has a kind of rapt yet humorous attention that I thought was really fetching. Too bad she plays her last scene without a head. Well, 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 technically she is just ahead in the last scene, so shut up, Ebert. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ebert just actually, gave, yeah, he gave it like one star, and uh, he was like, it ended up on his most hated list, so that's cool. It's pretty cool of him to say such terrible things about a great movie. <laughs> uh, did you notice the Jamie Lee Curtis uh, cameos? You mean on, on TV? Oh, I mean, yeah, they show clips from Halloween, but uh, no, there's some other stuff in there, too. I don't know. Anytime someone makes a phone call and they get the operator, the operator's voice is Jamie Lee Curtis. Ha! You didn't even notice it. (laughs) Actually, I don't know if you would notice it unless you knew, because it's not like Jamie Lee Curtis has a particularly distinct voice. Plus, she's doing the telephone cadence. Yeah. Um, So, this film's gotten, like I said, it's had a resurgence. Uh, It, like, goes on, not on tours, but there'll be special showings and cast and crew will be there you know so a lot of cult movies get that treatment now at one of these screenings uh the director tommy lee wallace was asked by the moderator to explain as the sole credited screenwriter the connection between stonehenge ireland robots and laser beams that both melt flesh and conjure bugs and snakes from a human body (laughs) thank you (laughs) wallace's entire response was it's magic man (laughs) (laughs) 
I can connect a few of these things. So the Ireland thing is uh, yeah, ha- I get the Celtic part. Is Samhain? That's where Halloween comes from. Yeah. It's from Ireland. Obviously, Stonehenge was at the especially in the eighties. We presume it was built by the Druids. The Druids have a lot to do with Samhain and old and Celtic mythology. So that all makes sense. Uh, but then after that, it's off the rails. Like, <laughs> why is there laser? Why is there a Halloween mask factory yeah. man? Why is he involved? I don't know. Well, obviously, they allude to him being part of, like, he's, he's like, a druid or something. He's shit. a dynasty of, like, Celtic yeah. witchcraft, right? So he's just trying to bring it back. And the concept of the movie is, what will witchcraft look like in the digital age? And this is what they came up with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but when it gets to, I like... Mean, I I've, I'll be honest with you. I've talked to... I've seen Marianne Williamson on, online, so yeah. I have a feeling what uh, witchcraft is like on the digital age. I know what witchcraft is like in the digital age. It's uh, Lana Del Rey leading a bunch of other witches in a binding ritual on Donald Trump. It doesn't seem to work. <laughs> well, I mean, Grant Morrison's masturbation ritual seemed to work, though. It did, though, yeah. So, that's the thing is, like, sex magic works. Most other magic doesn't. <laughs> we don't know about blood magic, though. We'll try that later. Uh, well, Aleister Crowley was all about sex magic, so I'm going to trust him. <laughs> and Jack Parsons, too. Yeah, they seemed like they knew they had all of it together. Jack Parsons they knew exactly what was, going on. was like, Jack Parsons, he said, the only things I want to do in my life is, like, get a man into space and summon the moon child. And he did both those things. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you can summon the moon child, then getting a man in space is, is not a big thing. Well, he did. He got the guy into space first. <laughs> and then he's like, now they got all this sweet government quiche. It's time to just start like a cult in my giant compound and uh, hang out with L. Ron Hubbard. And all we're going to do is try to summon the moon child. <laughs> yeah, he was friends with L. Ron Hubbard. Or frenemies. They were like rivals. Elrond stole his lady at one point, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. He never got over it. The red-haired woman. Moonchild. She, she was needed for the, for the Moonchild ritual. Uh, they, uh, you, you guys at home, I've been rolling my eyes constantly for the last 30 seconds. Yeah, Sean doesn't believe in anything. He doesn't believe in having a good time. <laughs> I believe in having a good time. I just don't think that Alistair Crowley ever had a good time. Alistair Crowley had nothing but good time. His fucking idea of magic was the most Byzantine bureaucratic bullshit I've ever seen. Yeah, but that's not how he actually lived his life. <laughs> that's just how he sold books. He's fucking boring. <laughs> He's boring. No, he can fit an entire birdcage up his ass. <laughs> he could not. He could. And that's magic, man. <laughs> His hips magic. aren't wide enough. It's bullshit. He could do it. It was like a magic trick. <laughs> uh, Let me pull a birdcage <laughs> out of your ass. Um, Jack Parsons uh, actually sent a letter to Crowley when him and Elrond were working on the Moonshot. Crowley's like, go, get, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I know. Crowley was basically just like, these fucking idiots. But then he got Elrond Hover's recipe for tomato soup. <laughs> Ketchup and water. <laughs> Ketchup and hot water. Ebert doesn't like it. It doesn't like a lot of things. No one really liked it when it came out, to be honest. It, uh... I don't like it now. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, really? I mean, it's fine. It's like a fun movie. Yeah. Honestly, like a lot of the Halloween movies aren't good. I, I don't think I've seen... I, I definitely have not seen the third one since I was a kid. I don't think I've seen any of them but Halloween 1 or 2 more than more than twice. Well, the only ones I like are Halloween and Season of the Witch. Yeah. Halloween 2 is useless. Um, after Season of the Witch, I like Halloween 2 because I remember being really, really scared of it as a kid. But it's just nostalgia, I think. Um, yeah, because I do remember being scared of it as a kid, too, because being trapped in the like hospital to confined space with Michael Myers was kind of spooky. But it's just like not as good as the first one. Yeah, I mean, it's really just the first one again. Yeah, and the second one is where they introduce that she's related to Mike Myers or something like that, I think, too, mm-hmm. which is all dumb stuff. But I was thinking uh, at the end of the second one, 
this is another thing on the audience why they I don't know. So at the end of the second one, Michael Myers gets blown up. And you would assume he's dead, especially the 1982 audience, because like, at this a, point, there's not like a Jason hasn't come yeah. back from hell. The, the 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 cliche of serial killer slasher coming back from the dead is Halloween Four. Like that concept didn't really exist until Halloween Four. So the fact that this takes place before that, you'd think people would be like, "Oh well, why would Michael Myers be in this?" I know he gets shot at the end of the first one and disappears, but yeah, you can get shot and be fine. Well. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> depends, depends where you get shot, I guess. You can you can get shot and live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's on the audience too. I think a lot of so this is what Kyle's telling you, audience at home. This is all your fault. Why didn't you get it, you dumb idiots? Well, the, today's audience would know well in advance who was cast. And well, I mean, this movie would we be get made, to see like the, the machinery at work a lot of the time. Which there's no way in hell this movie gets made with today's cinema uh, because. They would have to have Michael Myers in it because he's, he's going to bring in those big cash dollars. Well, they would just have a cameo with him in it to make it like the Michael Myers cinematic universe. Oh, that's right. You know, like that. Into a, this would introduce a new element. Yeah. That, and then it'll come together in the next movie. Well, like that's like the Conjuring cinematic universe, right? They got Annabelle. I, do, I don't know. And the up. Nun. Don't, and don't explain none of this to me. I don't ever want to watch those movies. The La Llorona movie was, had to do with it. Or what, uh, my favorite... Uh, Try at a cinematic universe was the Universal Monsters uh, uh, cinematic universe with Tom Cruise. Oh, the Dark Universe. Yeah, and they made that Mummy movie, and that was it, right? Yeah, I think they made two. Didn't they make two? No, I I think it was just the Mummy. Maybe you're right. Yeah, they were gonna do. Oh no, they did do the Dracula Untold one or whatever with uh, the dude from The Hobbit, Luke Evans. Oh shit! Did they? Yeah, and he's like a superhero in it. He like (sighs) fights an entire army. Yeah, they tried, but everyone was trying when Marvel was doing it. Hell, DC even tried. That's another thing about people complaining about Scorsese and Coppola. And then as soon as Joker comes out, which is just a Scorsese movie, that same crowd fucking loves it. <laughs> so it's like almost like they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Let's talk about the movie for real, though. Oh, I thought I was. Um, So Tom Atkins, he yeah. plays an estranged father. He's a real shit father. He's a doctor of some kind. Yeah, yeah, he's a piece of shit dad. He's also drinking and doctoring. His wife calls him out. <laughs> this is like a, a, a I mean, 70s, 80s dad, though. You know, I mean, like, yeah. doctors in the 80s, you could drink on the job. Yeah. That was fine. Pilots, too. Yeah. I needed to steady my hands before surgery. We get to see that. He doesn't. He loves his family? <laughs> kind of. But then he immediately runs I'm... off with his new young lover. <laughs> Who? Why would she have any interest in him? Why? That was my thing. <laughs> this is obviously written before Tom Atkins was cast. I think maybe they were probably going to have a younger man in it. I don't care. Like the whole, even if it was a younger man, it's still just like it still makes no damn sense. She's she's searching for her like the, the killer of her father. Yeah, basically. her dead father's killer, and there's this huge mystery. I don't know. And the first night they're in this spooky town, she's like, well, you can just spend the night in this room with me and we'll have all kinds of weird, awkward sex. I mean, the high intensity of the situation might get you going, get you horned up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. You never know what happens. You never know what can happen out there in the streets when you're <laughs> in the Shamrock Hills. When you're the Rose of Shannon. The oh, Rose of Shannon. Are you, are you and your, your old husband here going for a mustache raid? <laughs> he does have a powerful, must, powerful mm. mustache. While we're talking. So they go up to the secret town called uh, 
Santa Mira. Santa Mira. Yeah. Full of Irish people. Northern California. I mean, uh, they allude to Cochran bringing in the Irish people. Probably, uh, they're also probably like travelers that are um, fucking. It's the Jibos. Magic people. Ooh, you use an ethnic slur. Ooh. I'm pretty sure I just used the lemon snatch, but whatever. <laughs> nope, you gotta call them travelers. Yeah, so they allude to the fact that he probably just brought in other. They're they're, they're not necessarily travelers, but that's who you would. That's who I associate with knowing the old ways. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably some people in the west. Of Ireland. In which country? Oh, that's another thing I want to talk about with uh, Dan O'Hurley. Uh, he Nolan. does not have an Irish accent anymore. No. He grew up entirely in Wexford, where they have a very strong Irish accent. <laughs> uh, obviously, this is from his like theater training in Dublin and London, where he just has like received pronunciation. He basically sounds like an Englishman now. Mm-hmm. Fucking shitty. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, you wanted a thick Irish brogue here? <laughs> I mean, I know it was a different time when he was coming up, like, because he had to start acting in, like, the 40s and shit, right? Yeah, right. Where you're not going to be able to use your Irish accent. I get it. It's just, like, what a bummer that he's, like, one of the premier Irish actors of that time period, and he doesn't get to use his actual accent, and he probably doesn't have his actual accent anymore. It's, uh, I don't know if it's in the script itself, though, is but some of his lines are written as if he's going to have uh, more Irish accent, because he starts a lot of sentences with, sure, you know, like, uh, Oh, sure, we don't want anyone to get oh, hurt, sure. you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, the, the hotel owner is the only guy with an Irish accent. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a town full of Irish, Irish people, yeah. and this guy is like an old druid, is my take. He's a mm-hmm. business druid. Business druid, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was affecting my Irish accent on this guy. I Also, there's like an element of, like, <laughs> leprechaun on shit going on, because he's a, he's a real practical joker. You know, well, that's uh, the she, the fairy folk. Yeah, um, yeah. They love jokes any, in general. Just in America, we associate with leprechauns because that's the one like shitty cliche that made it out of Ireland. <laughs> but like all the fairy folk are tricksters, so his I guess his affiliation with them. I don't know the 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 belief in the she and stuff doesn't necessarily line up directly with Druidism though. So mm-hmm. there might be two different mythological origins and stuff. So. But whatever, this movie's kind of a mess. You can't expect you to get it all right. <laughs> or any of it, really. I was just surprised that um, they you, they had him say Samhain. Uh, so, um, Santa Mira is a made-up town. It doesn't actually exist. Uh, they shot on location in a place called Lolita, California, which is in Humboldt County, you know, where people disappear. Uh, but check this out. It still has a 707 area code, and it is real fucking north. I Even now, these days, it's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, wow. 707 really stretched out there, huh? <laughs> um, in the 2010 census, the population of this town, 783 people. It's rural as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like once the when they were filming there, they doubled the size of the town. <laughs> well, they, so they said while they were filming there, you know, as in the movie when they're driving through town, there's people peeking out the windows and watching everything yeah, they're doing. They're that's like, what it was like. They were saying that's exactly what the town was like. They said the town had like a, its own really spooky atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Company town. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that sort of thing, too, is uh, it used to be like a milk. There used to be yeah. a big milk processing place there. But like closed down in the seventies or something. That's actually where his factory, all the factory stuff, is filmed. That is at that milk processing plant. So yeah, it's like I guess it's probably more kind of a dead town, which is a bummer. Yeah, now you made me sad. Mm-hmm. I was gonna make fun of these people. 
Well, let's mix it up and talk about Santa Mira, the fictional town. All right. Santa Mira, California is the name of a fictional California town in the following science fiction or horror works. So Santa Mira exists in tons of different... Uh, is it Halloween's first and everybody else is just doing homage? Nope. Nope. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Ah, John Carpenter is doing an homage. Yes. And then Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. And then it shows up in Phantoms, the TV show Airwolf. Airwolf. Uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. A Friend to Die For, First Frontier, The Dark Tower 7, The Dark Tower, Stephen King's novel, he alludes to it, uh, Ben 10 Alien Force. Ben 10? Yep. Scream of the Banshee. Scraw! And then it's in Sharknado 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so honestly, not like an illustrious career, but... It's got a couple good ones in there. I mean, I, I Invasion of the Body Snatchers to Halloween to... The Dark Tower. <laughs> That's the part that I think. I was thinking Sharknado 3. Uh, whatever Scream of the Banshee is, a 2012 TV movie. I don't know what that is, but I want to watch a movie about Banshees. I feel like it's never been done, done justice, like the mythology of the Banshee. But I feel like if they made it now, it would be just like the La Llorona movie, where it's like, this just fucking sucks. Because <laughs> I think I said before, like, La Llorona, like, the and what's the interesting thing about it is, like, I like it just because, like, it's um an oral tradition. Yeah. Like, the scariest story I ever heard was, like, one night a girl I was seeing at the time was telling me, like, stories from her, like, family in El Salvador about La Llorona. And I was like, oh, this is spooky. But you can't really translate that to a movie. And I feel like the same thing with Banshees, right? It's like, oh, Banshees coming to get Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> uh, there has to be, like, a larger... Uh, like what is the motivation of the banshee? But it's really their job is just to come take yeah members of certain families when they die. So, so you can't really make a movie about that unless there's just vignettes of banshees. Banshees come to get you. I'm pretty sure that uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark has the greatest representation of a banshee ever. Oh, really? You don't remember that episode? I don't think so. Yeah, that's good. There's that banshee episode. Uh, the, the um, I think it's Are You Afraid of the Dark. I, I try to avoid referencing other podcasts to act like we exist in a bubble and we're the only podcast. I don't know if there is another podcast, but go ahead. Well, there's one called The Adventure Zone with the McElroy brothers. I'm not familiar. After they did Dungeons and Dragons, they uh, started another campaign that I didn't really listen to, but I remember when they were testing it out. It, it was like a paranormal Western kind of thing, but it, it was kind of boring to me, even though it seems like those things should line up and I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. But nah. uh, But they had a character in it named Banshee. Or named the Banshee, and uh, there's tons of people on the internet. They're like, Banshees are a real thing. I don't know about Banshees till I listen to this podcast. And I was like, Is it like not a common thing? Shit! I thought like everyone knew about Banshees, right? I mean, I know about Banshees, but maybe it's just because of our I'm last probably. name. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I mean, even like the phrase like, "Oh, how like a Banshee!" You damn kids are out here screaming like Banshees. They probably just don't know what Banshee is. Oh. Another cool thing about Banshee is um. He's uh, Black Tom's brother. Yeah, <laughs> Sean Cassidy and Black Tom Cassidy from the, the X-Men. But uh, the actual word Banshee is just woman fairy. So it's Ban, she. Ban is the Irish word for woman and she is the word for the fairy. So it's woman fairy, Banshee. <laughs> banshee. Banshee. Is our, is our family important enough to have a Banshee? I don't think we are. Nope, it's like the O'Neills, um, the O'Briens, Kavanaugh's. It's like the major, like, eastern, oh, like, yeah. around We're definitely not Dublin eastern. and, like, Waterford and stuff. 
Nope, no McDonald's. Most of the McDonald's are in Northern Ireland and uh, Scotland, actually. Also, our name wouldn't have been McDonald's. Wouldn't it wouldn't have been O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy, Hennessy. Yeah, but it's still not one of them. Oh, also, uh, nerds listening that love The Witcher 3, you'll be familiar with the word Banshee as it's traditionally spelled because there's like a sword in it that's Banshee Blade or something like that. Never played The Witcher. Yeah, the nerds who played it probably um, don't realize it says Banshee because they're not able to pronounce Irish words. (laughs) And that's thanks to the English. Thank you, England, for crushing an entire language and culture. (laughs) Thanks, Cromwell. They go to um, Mira Vista or... Santa Mira. Santa Mira. Which... Oh, hello. Welcome to Santa Mira. It didn't seem like a great view, but no, what do I know? And it's just... Yeah. It's just in, like, that northern, like, dry high plains desert part of California, you know, like, going into Oregon. So. <laughs> it's not... I don't know. The views didn't seem spectacular. <laughs> I wouldn't definitely go there and be like, hmm, this is holy. <laughs> Let's take a look at these views. Actually, though, the times... I feel very godly at looking out. The times I've been in Humboldt County, though, it's got <laughs> a weird vibe, but I wouldn't say it's got a holy vibe. <laughs> it's got more of like a sinister vibe. <laughs> like, ooh, what's going on up here in the woods? Like, that's where Banshees would live. And this is another reason I think people didn't like the film, honestly, is, like I said, it's got a, the more... I don't want to say later Carpenter feel to it, because he honestly goes from Halloween 2 to Escape from New York. And it's not like later, it's like six months later he's doing <laughs> carpenter shit now but it's got a, a slower less dialogue heavy vibe there's not a lot of dialogue in halloween to be honest but this movie starts off with uh, eight and a half minutes with no dialogue aside from the first time you hear the silver shamrock jingle <laughs> which is terrible why do they play it so much i don't movie? know i think it's so you get annoyed. eight days to halloween <laughs> I think it's so you get annoyed with it and it sticks in your head. And then after you're leaving the theater, you're like, oh, no, I've been programmed by Silver Shamrock. <laughs> and the funny thing is it didn't really stick in my head. It just annoyed the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. I do like the all the graphics and stuff in it, and then the um the voiceover guy that's like, "Get your Halloween mask." Well, that's uh, the director. That's, that's Tommy Wallace. I think mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the whole commercial thing didn't work for me. Do something more interesting. I think it's just to have like a continuous thread. Like, oh, the Halloween's coming. Yeah, no, I like. I get. It. I get it. I just the commercial itself. Like, I, I don't know. Do oh, it's pretty. Do dumb. a different commercial. I they did it kind of last minute. I get it. Uh, but yeah, so the fucking lighting in this movie is superb. Like the opening scenes when he's running through the gas station and stuff, when he's fighting the android, and uh, the android's like choking him out behind the car. Like the lighting in that scene and the way it's framed is so fucking good. This like legit carpenter ass shit. Tommy Lee Wallace, he's a good director. <laughs> he should have got more work. Unfortunately, his first and only movie was Halloween Three. Yeah, and the thing about Halloween, Halloween Two is there's a lot of handheld stuff. 
which is cool for a slasher movie because it's like POV, slasher POV and stuff. Or sometimes it's not, but you get the, you feel like it is because you've been trained to feel that that's what's going on. So it makes like you can have like a twist instead of a jump scare. Oh, you have like the audience feeling like unsettled by what's taking place on screen, you know, like smarter horror. Since that doesn't exist at all in Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, I, I think it does remove you a little bit from a visceral experience with what's going on. It does. This is shot more like this is a movie. You know, you're watching a movie. But I think it looks great. Like, fucking, there's so many good shots in this movie. Um, I know you said the intro is too long, but I actually really like it because it um the way the graphics are filling in on the screen, the noise uh-huh. it makes, it uh, complements like, the soundtrack in the background. So I think it's really interesting. I was also... Super duper high when I started watching it. <laughs> so I was like, that's whoa. Not, that's not fair, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, but this is also like the 40th time I've watched this movie. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm feeling it. I was transported to another 80s place. I'm feeling it. Yeah. Yeah, so all around, I think this is a very good movie. It's just not um, a good story. Like if you completely disregard most of what's going on, <laughs> if you only care normal. about what's going on visually and auditorially, uh-huh. like the sounds and the the visuals and how things are put together, then you'll love it. Yeah, if you, if you want to follow the plot or be interested by the story or care about the characters, <laughs> look somewhere else. Yeah, this is not for you. This I is mean, just... that's the thing too. Like, I didn't care about the doctor. I didn't care about the doctor's no. kids. Like the part where he's in the the factory, like trying to call his wife to warn her about the kids, and she's just bitching at him. I'm like, you know what? Who cares? He deserves this shit. Well, he, he doesn't care about his kids. Yeah, Why is he calling that? At one point, he just gives up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I guess that's not going to work. Damn kids. Oh, well, I barely see him anyway. So. I'm, uh, he tries to save the day. And it kind of works, right? He gets them to take it off two stations. Mm-hmm. But not that third station. The movie cuts away as though it's going to be ambiguous, right? To leave it up to the audience. But unfortunately... In the original screenplay and in the novelization, we know that, in fact, the ending of the movie is just thousands of children screaming across <laughs> the planet. <laughs> so a bunch of kids get melted. And yeah. happy Halloween! <laughs> uh, it does have that Halloween vibe. Like I said, um, I feel like anything can happen on Halloween because I'm, I'm just the fucking mark for Halloween, I guess. I I know they incorporated the masks to make it more a Halloween adjacent, mm-hmm. but I don't like it, and the masks kind of look stupid. Yeah, the masks aren't great, but none of the masks in like nineteen eighty two look good. Yeah, you like the gore? I really like when the, her dad's face gets pulled off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, my favorite one was the uh, the woman in the hotel that gets the misfire laser beam. Oh yeah, when they show her face afterwards. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Um. The only thing I don't like about her dad's death is his face gets pulled out and you see him like struggle, but then they cut to his hand and it like spasms and then I wish that it cut to the hand part wasn't there. Because it's like, obviously he's dead. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't even extra spam. No. Uh, those androids though, they're super duper strong, obviously, right? To rip into some, someone's face and like pull their like septum off. We're not septum. What's this bone here on the front of your skull? I don't know what it looks <laughs> Yeah, whatever the the bridge of your nose, straight to pull it off of your skull. That's fucking intense. But one of them gets crushed by a slow moving car, and then later on, Tom Atkins punches one straight he through. Punches one. his guts out. Yeah, his robot like, guts. How can they be that strong and then also that feeble? That wouldn't work. They have to be sturdy as fuck. I don't know. Also, this movie isn't written consistently. Why are you getting mad at me? <laughs> also, when um after he defeats uh 
the heroin. <laughs> when she turns out to be raw, he knocks her head off with a tire iron. But then her arm comes back to life from the inside. Yeah. I hate that. Because first of all, why would the arm still work without being attached to like the motors that they show on her shoulder? And then beyond that, it grabs onto him, and but he's not able to pull it off. I hate any time that happens because you need like four. Like, where's leverage. the leverage? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you wouldn't be able to just hold on to someone's neck. You know what I mean? No matter how strong the robot is, he should be able to just be like, nope. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't, it's not any leverage. Just keep your head I mean, to go back to what I said like, uh, when we first started, wh- why does the uh, evil Ellie robot help him destroy the Silver Shamrock Factory? I don't know. <laughs> so there can be shocking twists at the end. That's the same thing with the dumb arm. Is like, oh, another twist. Oh, and when they're not, well, there's like three, and then because then he gets out of the car, and the body like, attacks him. Yeah, is it over? Oh, it's not. Is it over? No. And I, I hate that shit. I, um, I'm gonna give it one, <laughs> but don't do it fourteen times. Well, it's, I, when I was watching it, I was thinking about um violence in film, not from any moral standpoint or anything, but like just my preference for violence in film. And I was, because uh, there's a scene where he punches Dan O'Hurley in the factory. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, what if they had like a really shitty fight scene in here? <laughs> and I was thinking about some of the fight scenes Old in the Carpenter movies, where it's like, obviously the one in They Live is like funny because of how it's <laughs> how long over it is? the top of this. Yeah. But in general, like in movies like that, where it's not, to me, the only time I want to see like long um elaborate fight scenes are like kung fu movies that's the only time i want to see it otherwise like when violence is presented it needs to be like brutal and short so that was just what i was thinking about i was like man what if he got into an old man fight here luckily they didn't <clears throat> and all the other scenes too are just like brutal acts of violence i don't i don't I guess the brutality is not an important ingredient but i don't know i like when violence is like short and abrupt because that's all the violence I've seen in real life, that's how it is. You don't go on fighting forever. Someone gets hit in the head really fucking hard, and that's it. So, yeah. I guess in superhero movies, they can punch the shit out of each other. But even then, like... I mean, they have, like, a built-in story yeah. reason or plot reason. But I, my brain checks out so much in the action scenes in superhero movies where I'm just like, oh, okay. And like, Is it because it's all CGI and stuff like that, or is it just because there's no stakes? Or? I don't know. That's something you have to look inside yourself to answer, Kyle, because I can't answer it. I guess. Yeah, but... Look deep inside. Yeah, the only time I like long, elongated fight scenes is, like, Hong Kong Kung Fu. Hong Kong. Because then it's just like a dance. It's like watching, like, Busby Berkeley movies. <laughs> Fred Astaire. Yeah. So that's that fun shit. Yeah, it's like the fun choreography of it is what's cool, not that... That's like fucking watching Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise doing, like extreme choreography but everything's it's so cut so tightly and it's like man what the fuck is this garbage he flew a real plane in top gun too well good for him he fucking should have kept his ugly teeth <laughs> then i'd support him he should have kept his original uh, last name uh anyhow uh i guess that'll do it for season of the witch i don't think i have anything else i want to talk season about season of my wife oh i mean watch it like it's good it's good for halloween it's got good halloween vibes um just it's not like it's not a horror movie to be honest it's violent but it's like not you know what yeah. i mean it's like what genre of horror would it fall into i don't know it's just kind of like a crime thriller almost or fantasy thriller or something so there's gruesome death and the looming threat of children being hurt 
on Halloween, on but Halloween. it's like a more of a sci. It's, it's sci-fi more like it's yeah, more like a John uh, John Carpenter's other movies yeah. than anything like Halloween. I don't know. Maybe that's why I like it. I am just fucking big John Carpenter stand like everything he does. I'm like, yeah, you got it. You got this John Carpenter. <laughs> Never made a bad movie. Well, he made Escape from L.A. So I don't, <laughs> that's he surfs in the L.A. River, man. <laughs> it's awesome. He like uh, he plays uh, basketball. Different. Yeah, he makes like a half court shot. <laughs> it's dope. It's Kurt Russell. Okay, go for it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why they made that movie <laughs> and why it was so bad. Bruce Campbell plays the Surgeon General of L.A. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anytime it's on TV, I'll watch it. Though it's it's a good bad movie. It's just like not. Up to par with anything else Carpenter's <laughs> ever done. Uh, and that's why we'll probably be watching The Thing soon. But I, to, The Thing is not a Halloween movie to me. The Thing is like, fucking, I'm tired of winter and everything's terrible. <laughs> like, the dark days of, like, the Drakes of December. <laughs> um, it's basically, when the next episode comes out, it will be basically Halloween. So it, it will be our Halloween spooktacular. Halloween, the penultimate. Actually, this is the ultimate. This one is the this penultimate. This is the penultimate. Next one will be ultimate. And we will be watching, in sort of in the vein, I figured, in the vein of Return of the Living Dead being kind of like a punk rock horror movie. I'm scared. We're going to do something <laughs> very similar. And we're going to watch Night of the Demons. <laughs> okay. And it also has Linnea Quigley in it from Return of the Living Dead. Trash is in Night of the Demons as well. And... There's nudity. Oh, I'm shocked. From Linnea Quigley, if you can believe it. If you can (laughs) believe it. Think about death. I'm thinking about death right now. I'm going to take my boobies out. Think about death. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up, man. That's my wife. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I wish. She's too old for you. Yeah, that just means she's more powerful. I I don't think people are like one. Powerful. She's got more powerful with age. More powerful. I'll be honest. I as I've gotten older, I feel like I have not gotten more powerful. I feel like I've grown more weak and decrepit. Oh really? I'm like the strongest I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah, that's the update to date watch too. I'm the strongest I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to get bench press? Doesn't even use that line like every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really all I got going for me. <laughs> Is that a bench press? You? Yeah, I'm like strong and um tall. I mean, judging by how easily the doctor got Ellie in this movie, I can't imagine it's that hard to get ladies. It's not. No, it's not. You just you just go. gotta show up. Be like, yeah, I'll help you investigate your father's murder, and then they'll throw themselves at you. You gotta first. You um gotta be drinking alone at a bar where you're the only patron, mm-hmm. and uh, she'll come in and be like, "What did my father say before he died?" And he's like, "Oh, he said I really love. Tell Ellie I love her." She's like, that's some stupid bullshit. Get out of my <laughs> face, you cracker ass man. And then he proceeds to freak out on her. <laughs> he's like, you said they're all going to kill us. And then he's killed by a fucking a businessman. I don't know what's going on. Hold me. Hold me. Hold me. And then she was impressed by his vulnerability. <laughs> She's like, do you want to get your own room, doctor? What do you? Where do you want to sleep, doctor? Yeah, that's like, well, that would be pretty suspicious. It's like, well, they're monitoring the whole town, so your ruse isn't going to work anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I guess that's like also my least favorite part of the movie. There's no reason for there to be the romantic nature of their relationship. Yeah, it's just like, we need to have uh, sex in here. Have you ever seen a movie before? There's always romance in a movie. Just like the original romance Halloween. In a movie. Hey, this relationship has no payoff at all. Wait. <laughs> Well, fuck it. <laughs> We're done watching it. You don't ever have to watch it again if you don't want to. 
No, I'm going to. But you have to watch Night of the Demons. Night yeah. of the Demons. I'm just going to pretend I watch it and complain about it. Oh, man. It would be pretty easy to get away with. If you watch the trailer, you basically have a pretty good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, Night of the Demons is next. Thank you for tuning in to the VHS cult. Tune no, in. don't thank you. Turn hey, I'm here to make you question not only your beliefs, but my beliefs, and really the entire nature of belief itself. Join the cult. Go fuck yourself. Well, you catch more flies with honey. So thank you for tuning in on, <laughs> on your AM radios. Finding us on the airwaves. Um, nah, nah. <laughs> Fuck what you believe. The only thing you need to believe in is the cult, man. Fucking cult, cult <laughs> Russell. <laughs> Call me Colt Russell, goddammit. <laughs>